0: welcome to another edition of reshaping america this is your host kurt flewelling um full disclosure i apologize if uh this information this show is going to be uh, a little bit dated Uh, as we know with this presidential chaos this election um if uh you put out a news story seven minutes uh it's it's old news, so I know people move this show around a little bit. Uh, if you're getting it live, that's great. Um, if you are not, please forgive me. Um, nothing I can do about that. but many of the things I'm gonna to discuss today on the show um, are not time sensitive. They are time tested. They are true yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So um, if some of the details of what's going on in the uh, In the five or six or seven or eight states that are in play here, um, please uh, forgive me if it's dated material. But as I said, some of the things I'm going to say are really we should take to heart going forward. And the people in this country that are perpetrating frauds and deceit and chicanery, uh, left, right and crazy, these words I'm giving them directly from the Bible are, are something that are timeless. They don't, they don't go away. So full disclosure there. Um, yes, we have a, uh, a close election right now. It looks like Donald Trump, uh, has a very, very ever narrowing path to get to where he needs to get to, to, uh, 270 electoral votes. Um, the man has battled over many years, Big business, big tech, big media, big entertainment, big college? Do we need to add big postal to this? Um, uh, referencing a uh, a news story in Michigan where um, a postal employee has asserted that um, he was ordered to um, hand stamp ballots that were coming in after November 3rd on November 4th, November 5th with a hand stamp that said November 3rd on them. And if that is not the easiest way to perpetrate fraud, and there's only 30 or 40 ways to do it, uh, I don't know what is. So um, Donald Trump has had to overcome many of these things. And now he's have has to overcome um, in my opinion, anyway, some widespread voter fraud all across the country, particularly in urban areas. I'm rather embarrassed to be broadcasting from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, um, right outside of there. And, um, you know, if if any of you think that this is new, um, the chronicling of the corruption in Philadelphia has been um, traced back to not only to 21st century or the 20th century, but in the 19th century, uh, there are news reports and newspapers in the 1800s, 1800s, chronicling the corruption in the city of Philadelphia. So, <clears throat> excuse me, some things never change, and they actually get worse. And we have um we have many people, um, Governor Wolf, um, Governor Wolf, uh, Josh Shapiro. Um, uh, Mayor Kenny, um, uh, many, many people. I could go on and on. Um, Larry Krasner, um, that are all too happy to run interference for um, Joe Biden and the Democrat machine. Uh, I, I saw Donald Trump Jr. on uh, the other day. Uh, they had to get a court order to be within six feet of the counting process. Heretofore, they were anywhere from 60 to 100 feet away. There were locks on doors. Um, it, we hear reports all over the country of uh, windows boarded up. I mean, is this is this third world type stuff or what? But it is in the United States of America. And even after the Trump advocates procured um, a court order, uh, let us in, let us get within six feet so we can actually see what's going on with these ballots and this counting. The sheriff outside the door refused. I mean, this is lawlessness to the highest degree. And the fact that at one point in time, and it wasn't too long ago that we all kind of knew corruption was going on in major cities, particularly Philadelphia, it was almost kind of, you know, try folks perpetrating it, at least try to feign that things were on the up and up. Now, the really scary thing, ladies and gentlemen, is that they're not even trying to hide it. If if someone has a court order in their hand that I can come in and the Republicans can have an objective look of, of what the heck is going on in a back room where people are counting uh, ballots that are presumed to be legal as donald trump would use that word but in all probability are not and and to just ignore that court order i mean there's there's video rolling from all over the world that is showing that to to absolutely defy a court order is really uh almost as chilling as the cheating is in itself um uh I, i tortured myself the other night and watched a little CNN where, you know, the reporter on the ground, I forget his name, going back and forth with uh, Wolf Blitzer saying, you know, these men and women that are on the front lines, these election officials that are counting ballots across the country for Donald Trump to malign them is just sad. And then Wolf Blitzer going on to say they're, they're altruistic people and they're braving COVID to do this. Well, you know, that may be the case with a fair amount of them, but to blatantly overlook the individuals that are not altruistic, they are really dark people being, um, led by dark forces to count dead people, um, that report up in Michigan, um, again, Michigan, where, uh, private citizen, not a citizen journalist, not a journalist, not a, uh, a law enforcement entity, simple Google search. Uh, we can, you can tell if any citizen voted or not, that is public record. Just started Googling dead people and started figuring out that these dead people indeed voted on November 3rd, 2020. Um, that's insane. And, and, and the, the, um, the comment by Candace Owen on that one is, where's the Department of Justice? Why does a private citizen in, in his basement messing around on his laptop, how can he find this information in about five minutes where the, the Department of Justice and all their infinite resources can't find that and they can't investigate that? And that's been the way it has been for many, many years, not only in the city of Philadelphia, but in urban centers throughout the country. And, you know, most people in this country just want a fair election. If your guy or your gal does not lose or win, you accept it and you move on. And there used to be, I, I heard uh, Chris Matthews on Hardball years ago, and it's amazing. It wasn't that long ago, but I guess it kind of was. And it's illustrative of how fast things are moving in our country in the wrong direction. He was commenting on the great state of Minnesota, where I have done business and I have visited dozens and dozens of times, are very good folks out there. Um, he made a comment and, you know, I don't exactly know what year it was, but it certainly wasn't that long ago, but it probably was a fair amount of time ago. And there used to be a saying in Minnesota when it came to election fraud and all this nonsense that goes on in many of these urban areas in Minnesota, if you won by one vote, you won by one vote, or maybe it was, if you lost by one vote, you lost by one vote. The meaning of that saying is that the good people of Minnesota duked it out. May the best man or women uh, win. The election process uh, is fair and above board. And if the results indicated you lost by a vote, then that was pretty much gospel. Um, How far have we moved from that, even in the great state of Minnesota, Um, with the Al Franken election a few years ago that was steeped in corruption. Um, it's really, really sad. And I was hoping, and you know, Donald Trump may become, um, the pre or may retain his presidency. I do not know. I don't have a crystal ball. I am not God. However, one of the things I was hoping for, um, before this, uh, craziness transpired was that if he indeed retained his presidency that in the first 6 months of his presidency that widespread massive election uh reform if you will would be implemented now that does not mean as far as i'm concerned with a um with a voting system that is uh 100% uniformed um approved at a federal level Because that, ladies and gentlemen, in and of itself, makes it easier for people to cheat in a very odd way. And people don't understand this. When you have multiple ways of voting, a paper ballot, uh, a machine, um, a lever, many, many, many ways to, to vote, that may seem chaotic and disjointed and results come in at different times, and the uh, the integrity of that vote may, may be, in some people's estimation, better um, with some modalities than others. But in reality, what you have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, is it makes it harder to cheat the more ways you have to vote. If it is uniformed and quote-unquote federally approved, then it widespread cheating actually becomes easier. So I'm not a big fan of going with one modality or another, but I am a big fan of, um, when election fraud is evident, when it is reported, when it is videotaped and when it is submitted to local state, regional, and most importantly, federal, because this is a federal election. Um, uh, powers that be, um, the department of justice is just one of them that these assertions of voter fraud and chicanery be taken seriously and be investigated seriously. I, I think at the least in a first world country, such as the United States of America, that is a, that is a basic right of every, um, human being, Democrat, Republican, whatever, to have and to expect from their government. Because anything less than that, we are getting into third world government type of um, territory. And um, to ask that is is absolutely um, a right, and it's very, very reasonable. And if we are at the mercy of whatever political hack happens to be Counting votes or investigating alleged fraud then we 're in a lot of trouble as a country, so that was one of the first and foremost things I was hoping for if Donald Trump was uh, reelected is wide scale voter reform and this covid nineteen thing uh, so many atrocities and and just sad, sad scenarios in our culture. Have been born out of people exploiting the COVID-19 thing. And um, once the wear a mask everywhere, hide under your bed, we'll tell you when it's cool to come out and do this or do that mentality was well accepted by most of us, a very large percentage of us. Then it became very easy to send out ballots to um, many, many, many individuals, uh, a lot of which that could care less about voting and did not request them under the guise of safety and um this is what you saw and and this is really when Trump warned about the fraud that was coming. um this really was not you know anything uh crazy on his part. This was literally like a drunk guy sleeping in a Ford Fiesta on a railroad track with an Amtrak train coming at him at about a hundred miles an hour. This was going to happen. This was not theory. This was not uh greasing of the skids by Donald Trump um, in, in hopes that if he had close uh, races and uh, given States, that he could hide under this uh, blanket or he could exploit this blanket of voter fraud this is something that has been going on in this country and blind eyes have been turned to it for far too long and if you're not a political junkie or somebody that follows this stuff you kind of hear in one ear and it goes out the other fraud 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 and you don't really take it seriously But again, in the words of uh, my friend Rick Santorum, they always overplay their hand. And I think the, the blatant disregard to doing these things in the bright light of day with anybody to see if they care to see is something that I hope will eventually shed some light on this and that it will be apparent to casual observers. And if Trump devotees and lovers of the constitution and people that don't really even care that much now, but maybe they would like to retain a country that does not slip into third world status are paying attention to things like voter fraud, then that's a good thing. And Trump was just the man to do that. If indeed Joe Biden becomes the president of the United States I think that um, road to hoe is going to be a lot more challenging but I will tell you this it's not insurmountable as far as um, election fraud and craziness is to clean up for the sim- these simple facts let's just go down the list the House of Representatives the um, Nancy Pelosi boldly predicted that Democrats would gain 10 to 20 seats and stretch out their majority and their ability to um, do a lot of really bad things in this country, let's be honest. And the reality uh, when the smoke has cleared on election day here is that Republicans picked up 10 to 12 seats. Severely narrowing that margin of plurality that Democrats now enjoy in the house. It's almost even. Um, And that's something that if you are a fan of the constitution, conservatism, uh, faith based voters and their principles, that's something that is, is not a small thing simply because um, Nancy Pelosi is going to get challenged. She is eighty years old, and um, she's going to be challenged by some young um male or female, doesn't really matter, in the House of Representatives to become Speaker of the House. And even though she has cracked a whip very effectively over the years and counted votes and promised this, that, and the other for people to vote for her for the speaker. Um, simple logic would tell you that at some point in time, her days, um, have to be over and it could very well be now. And we won't know that until January, but I would not be surprised that the Uber left in her party who wanted to not only elect Joe Biden, but expand on their plurality in the house and gain the Senate, um, so, they could rubber stamp, um, you know, judicial nominees. Uh, there, it's not going to sit well with them that Republicans not only lost seats, but they gained tw- 10 to 12 seats in this election cycle. So, those individuals, I believe, they're going to get somebody, um, that's far younger and. Logically, um, I I don't know if you could be more far to the left than Nancy Pelosi, but somebody of their liking. And Nancy Pelosi, I I think, could very well be done as not only the speaker, but just in politics in general. So we have that. The Senate, uh, again, if you're a Republican um, and you're looking for a silver lining in this election and you are are just your hands or are, are your head is in your hands and you're crying in your beer and you think it's all over. Well, um, the Senate, uh, had to defend many, many, many more hotly contested seats than Democrats. And it will be different in two years and four years where the Democrats will have to defend more seats. And that's kind of how it goes in an M pattern there. But, um, When you have to defend more seats, the likelihood, obviously, for your party is to um, lose ground rather than gain ground. And it looks like they did lose a little ground, but it doesn't look like um, they lost enough ground to lose control of the Senate itself. And so the Republicans have narrowly retained control of the Senate. They have picked up a number of seats in the House and these are things if you are looking for silver linings in this whole thing that you can be happy about now let's go backwards a little bit you know many of us um thank god that amy coney barrett was confirmed so the judiciary another branch of the government has six out of nine uh, judges that are either strict constructionist or quasi constructionist. Um, I worry a little bit about Brett Kavanaugh and I worried about him before the whole debacle with, um, the whole made up allegations. But I am very worried about John Roberts who, in a in a very ironic way, um, tends to tell people in no uncertain terms he views the judiciary as a non-political entity, which he is correct in that assertion or that thought process. Um, and he says in, in his mode of judgment when cases come before him, that he is very mindful of kicking things back to other entities to make, you know, to work it out, um, themselves. Um, and it's very odd in, in this, uh, broad, you know, brush of a, of a statement where he oftentimes says he does not view the judiciary as a political entity by his action. Or as we, uh, saw a couple weeks ago, as far as Pennsylvania is concerned, his inaction really creates problems down the road that almost puts the judiciary in a political position to solve, um, political squabbles. So what he says he does not want to do, he oftentimes in this instance, and particularly with, um, his crazy reasoning with Obamacare, he has, he has, um, brought the judiciary with his voting record into political squabbles, which is what they were never intended, um, to be in. So John Roberts is, is a really troubling figure for me. But as far as, uh, you know, a majority is concerned, there is a very large majority of the judiciary that, um, Sees their function, sees this constitution in a way that perhaps you and I see it as um, faith-based voters, conservatives, Republicans, whatever category you happen to be in. So um, that's the judiciary. Um, I I I kind of swerve back and forth and things, but I but I do recall very recently when the Trump uh, folks had a victory in Philadelphia, saying you know we need to get in and put some eyeballs on what's going on in these rooms or vote after vote after vote that should not be counted is, is going to be counted. A judge, um, a George W Bush appointee, since we're talking about the judiciary here said, basically, you know, it was kind of a Rodney King response. Can't you guys just all work it out? And in, in, A city where corruption has been the normal order of business for far more than a century, back into the 19th century, if you will, the 1800s, for a judge to tell one side and tell another side, you know, can't you guys just work this out? As votes one by one by one at a very quick rate are being counted, that very well, could not or should not be counted is insane. So as much as I don't like the judges getting involved with things, when blatant disregard for the law is occurring and the constitution, the federal or federal and state constitutions, if you will, are being violated, then, um, the judiciary, even at the highest level, does indeed have to step in. Am I a fan of that? No, but that is the world that we're living in, and and you may be surprised to hear me say that we have created this world. Um, uh, in the state of Pennsylvania, um, and I'm I'm not going to you know rehash this down to minute detail. Several people have done it and done it more effectively than I could, but. Um, People outside of this area, and this this occurs in state houses throughout the country, Um, the state legislature, as we have said on this show countless times, is in control of election law in the state of Pennsylvania, Um, extending the uh, election cycle from November 3rd to November 6th. uh, ballots that, that are, are not legal under any way, shape, manner, or form, being allowed to be legal, not having to check signatures. I, I have a problem with where I go to vote every single election cycle. I, um, I exchanged some pleasantries and I asked them, why are you not checking my identification to verify I am who I say I am? Excuse me. And um, they never have a good answer to that question. So if all of these things are being violated and the state legislature who I vote for to represent me in the best light in the state of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania is really just abdicating their authority to the judiciary, to the governor and and whatever COVID edicts he wants to make, to Josh Shapiro, the attorney general, with whatever bizarre comments he made right before the election, right up to the um, Pennsylvania uh, Supreme Court, which is populated by political hacks. If the state representatives want to just take the control and the authority that they have that I'm glad they have. And that's why I elected them and just urinated away and um, give up their right of control and just kind of watch this thing. Like it's a judicial ping pong match. Then that's where I'm going with, this is our problem. This is, we have created this. We have, we have put way too much power in the uh, hands of people in robes either at the state or federal level and as i've said on this show many times nature abhors a vacuum so if legislatures either locally or federally are not going to do their job someone or some entity will gladly swoop in and do their job for them and take power away from them that is duly theirs what Pennsylvania has done with extending this out to three days and signatures don't need to match up and and this uh, form of fraud and that form of fraud and and um, all of these things that are going on, it is so much of a violation of, of law that you really it it, it it's just mind boggling. It makes you speechless. But again, if People don't respect the our constitution as great of a document as it is, is only as great and powerful and effective and stabilizing as you believe it is. If you believe it's a living breathing document, if you believe you can urinate on it, if you don't believe in the rule of law and all of the things it represents, then it's just a piece of paper. So, um, The short answer as to why people are doing this in Philadelphia, you you could easily say, oh, they're evil and Democrats are evil and Republicans are good and all this crap. But the short answer as to why this is going on in Philadelphia and Detroit and uh, many other urban areas of the country is because they can, they do it. Because they can, is their motivation nefarious? Yeah. Um, but the, the larger, more, um, sinister problem here is not that they're doing it, that they can do it. And that's chaos, ladies and gentlemen. And that is a blatant disregard for the rule of law. And if we don't have the rule of law, if we don't have a constitution, we, um, we are done as a society. So let me go back to some good news. If you're a Republican, um, the majority of governors in the United States of America are, are clearly and solidly Republican. And another problem that Democrats had, um, after, um, November 3rd is that state houses who already controlled, um, the Republicans, uh, already controlled most state houses in this country have expanded on that. And that has migrated to many states that were heretofore Democrat um, legislatures. That's important for a number of reasons. Now, what I just said withstanding, if you have a feckless legislature, um, such as we have in Pennsylvania, it doesn't really matter if you have a Republican majority or minority. If they're not going to do what they have been charged to do by the people that represent them, and by the oath they take, then it doesn't really matter. But if you do have a legislature in one state or another that happens to take their jobs very seriously, this is very problematic to Democrats. And and none the least of problems that they have is that these legislatures control redistricting And redistricting, um, ladies and gentlemen, is really the name of the game as far as if you want to ensure that the house goes one way or another. And the state houses in in many, many states are now Republican and and, uh, a wide majority of states. And if these states uh, want to take the crayon out and redistrict this area or that area, they are well within their rights to do it so this is this is a problem for democrats um i heard one pundit say you know even though joe biden seems to um have won the presidency um, if you look at these other areas the house the senate the state houses the governorships um, and the judicial victory that we had with trump appointing amy coney barrett um He calls this an epic underperformance by Democrats. So, if you're one of these people that live and die by who the president is, and if the president's Donald Trump, life is good, and the president is Joe Biden, life is bad, I would caution you to be a little bit more mature, a little bit more um, seasoned and logical in your analysis of this thing. Um, Those of you that believe in God, god is still on the throne and we're going to get to one of my favorite verses in the bible as it pertains to politics in a minute here but god is sovereign he is still in control none of this is happening without him being aware of it and i know it is very very tempting to let your mind go and say god this is wrong what what are you doing why are you sitting on your hands um, Rome is burning and you're doing nothing. Well, that's not true. The Lord is in control. His timing is not our timing oftentimes. And I find myself, when I feel like going to this news source or that news source and checking out the totals and checking out the legal challenges and saying, you know, God, are my prayers going to be answered in the affirmative? Um and I get very anxious, like many of you do. Uh, I I have to take it back to God. I have to turn off the radio, the television, and open my Bible and go to God. We have to at these times when it seems Rome is burning and our streets are burning, literally. We have to go vertical. We cannot go horizontal. Because if we go horizontal, even if we talk to like-minded people that are lovers of God and the Constitution and whatever, this country, we tend to get throttled up and we tend to say and do some things perhaps we shouldn't do. And I have found over the years, I have evolved and you just take it to God. You shut everything off, you go to your prayer closet and you take it to God because that's really the only thing you can do. Um, when everything around you seems to be up is down and down is up and cloudy is sunny and nothing makes sense, the word of God and God on the throne are consistent. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And, um, that is a fact. And that's the only thing we can hang our hats on. So, um, let me get to, uh, just uh, some, you know, bullet points that I jotted down listening to the news this morning, and then what we will do, as promised, I will go to one of my favorite scriptures that speaks to some of these things that are going on in the political world, and um, they're just going to be food for thought for you. I'm not a theologian; didn't go to Bible college, um, but these are just my thoughts in 35 years walking with the Lord. And as I said, there were mornings that I got up years ago and my guy or gal didn't win. And I was in a pretty bad mood for a really long period of time. And I'm just not like that anymore uh, because I know that God loves this country regardless of whatever the outcome is going to be. And he loves the constitution and um, I'll let him take care of people that don't love God or the constitution or this country. And I'll let him tell me as you should let him tell you what your marching orders are now that this thing has kind of shaken out and we all have to live in this world. Life goes on regardless of who wins or loses. And we have to be ambassadors of Christ at every turn. So uh, we can be upset. um, But, We can't just throw our hands up in the air and pack it in and say, you know, Jesus is coming. It's going to hell in a handbasket. We're done. So I will go to some of the bullet points I jotted down today. Um, I was actually trying to research one thing and fox news came um, up and um, just my two cents worth on the whole arizona thing Um, regardless of what ends up happening if donald trump wins arizona and it doesn't really matter or he wins it and it does matter or he loses it those points are secondary um there is a psychological dynamic And those of us that are older understood this in 2020, or excuse me, 2000, when um, Fox, I I think again, and and other uh, networks have done this numerous times, have called something too quickly and had to take it back off the table. Uh, Fox did indeed do that with Florida in 2000. Then they took it off the table. Then they put it back on when all the legal challenges were um, exhausted. And um So, but, but again, it doesn't really matter if Trump wins or loses, um, Arizona, the media love them or hate them have an important role to play. And if we don't have a fair and objective media, we're, uh, we're done. Free speech is done. The rule of law is done right over wrong is done if, if, um, if the media on mass is disingenuous, and they suppress things as as we are seeing and hearing these days, or they craft things um, to benefit one party or another. That's a problem, and I'm not asserting that that's what Fox did, but it, it is kind of eye popping that Fox called this for Arizona based on you know a handful of eggheads and bow ties in front of computers. When liberal entities that could have benefited very greatly and their candidate, Joe Biden, could have benefited very greatly if Arizona were called kind of sat back with their mouth open. So it doesn't really matter if um, if you don't understand the point and you were in that, um, uh, you know, room where they call races um, before they're even done. And if you feel vindicated, if indeed Donald Trump ends up losing, you're really missing the point because pretty early on in the evening, you called that for Arizona. And that has a devastating psychological effect on a whole host of levels. And it just should not have been done. And it's very fascinating to see when you watch Fox, um, by and large, and particularly Brett Bear, Martha McCallum really, it just, it, it's pretty nauseating. It's pretty vanilla. It's pretty like not looking at the pink gorilla in the room. They put some people on to kind of, um, bark a little bit about how terrible it was. And then they put the, their people on to defend it. But it it's really, I, I think I'm a little bit, I know I'm a little bit more impressed with some on Fox that have the guts even though Fox is signing some really large paychecks for them and that affects them and their family and their family's future, have pretty much come out and said this was wrong. And I was pretty impressed with that, with a number of them, uh, none of the least of which was uh, Brian Kilmeade this morning. You could tell he was angry. And uh, that's a guy that has a lot to lose because he is a big, um, he is a big, uh, darling of, of, uh, Fox viewers and Fox in general. And you, you know, a lot of people would say, just kind of lay low, um, toe the company line, but he was very angry and he should be because that was wrong. Um, but you know, I, like I said, I accidentally swerved into watching Fox. I was searching for one thing, found another, and I heard Geraldo Rivera talk about this whole thing and it was really solid. And this is a guy that's a Democrat. Uh, It's kind of an old school Democrat uh, because he's he's a lot older than he looks. And his thoughts were actually pretty good. You know, he um, the first people he went out, uh, you know, uh, and and threw under the bus were the pollsters. And um, he said, pollsters are pornographers. And um, and that's that's pretty interesting. Do they have the right to have free speech? Yes, they do. Do they have the right to poll in a manner that gives them the result that they want and then give it to a news organization and then have that news organization blast it out? Um, example, um, Trump is down by 17 points in um, Wisconsin. When essentially that state was dead even, is that something that is beneficial? Is it illegal? Is it is it you know? Do they have the First Amendment right to do that? Well, I I guess they kind of do. But again, when you have a media that is so in the tank for one party and one candidate, and you have pollsters that have they are being paid heavily. By Democrats not to get it right but to sway public opinion starting a year or more out from an election and these poll numbers were very close to this election and they were wrong 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 as they always are and I disagree with Frank Luntz who I actually met the other day for the first time Um I disagree wholeheartedly with Frank Lantz, who says, you know, if we get it wrong again, this cycle, we're dead. You know, polling is dead. No, it's not, Frank. And you know it's not. Um, Because the the money that you make and other individuals in the polling um, industry make is not based on your accuracy. So this nonsense that you hear In the last few days of the election cycle, the pollsters really want to get it right because their credibility is um, is going to be in question and nobody likes a pollster that's not credible. That's crap. Um, The more wrong you are tends to be a resume enhancer. Um, uh, Nate Silver, who couldn't have gotten it more wrong four years ago, has made a tremendous amount of money in this polling cycle over the last year saying outlandish things that he knows aren't true. Um, many polling entities uh, have uh, crafted their polls in a way that make Donald Trump look like um, there's no way he's going to be elected. And, uh, you know, uh, he's 16% down. He's 14% down. Wisconsin, he's 17 percent uh, points down. Um, that's not hurting them, ladies and gentlemen, because they make a tremendous amount of money from people that are paying them to put out propaganda basically that that dispirit their opponents and their opponents um you know the candidates that their opponents um support and and suppress vote. It is voter suppression now, is it illegal? No, not really but it is something that will continue it'll continue in 2024 uh, frank luntz is wrong uh, he's he's coming at it from a uh, altruistic uh, thought process um at least that's what he's asserting that our industry is supposed to be all about getting it right when they're not they're not all about getting it right they're all about electing helping candidates get elected and that's where they make the bulk of their money. Do they make money in conducting scientific reports uh, or, excuse me, polls that are accurate? Yeah, they make money that way too because the the various parties and various politicians want to know what the real numbers on the street are. But um, they're not dead, as, as uh, Luntz would assert, because they, they've gotten it wrong again and they'll keep getting it wrong, but they don't care because that's not their function so um, we can go into rapid fire, um, and I I think I will just, you know, because, again, I may be aware of it, you may be aware of it, but there may be people listening to me that that really, they like the show, but they think this Democrat bad, Republican good, fraud's occurring, no, it's not. They really think it's a he said, she said type of a thing, and they don't really delve into the fraud thing. So I am going to go rapid fire through some of the fraud, but I'm not going to spend an extensive amount of time on it because it's it's really quite irrelevant at this point in time. But um, in many states, ballot harvesting is going on. If you do not know what that is, that is sending out, and in the COVID world, it is a perfect opportunity to do it, zillions of mail-in ballots, um, to individuals tracking who those were sent to, and then paying a little visit to the address where that was sent and just kind of helping along and ensuring that Bob Jones or Joe Schlebowski is filling out his ballot the right way. That's called ballot harvesting. It is illegal. It is, um, and it is something that is done, in in, uh, en masse in heavily Democrat areas. So that is occurring in this election. Um, One thing, again, if you are a Trump uh, devotee, there are 9,000 military ballots out in the state of Georgia at the the time of this broadcast. And there are military ballots all over the place that are coming in from all over the world. And um, typically in yesteryear, they went heavily to the Republican and, um, Al Gore, uh, in his attempt to try to defeat George Bush in 2000, tried his best to suppress military ballots and, uh, get them thrown out because of, um, that weren't how they should be or just a lot of reasons that were not solid legal reasons. But he tried as hard as he could to get um, military ballots that were counted to be thrown out because he knew that they would work against him. Um, As I chronicled earlier in Michigan, postal workers um, hand stamping November 3rd on ballots that were coming in the 4th and the 5th. Um, you know, again, we, we don't need to go into the PA election law and, uh, how the legislature has more or less not done their job and let other people, um, do their job. Uh, Brian McCafferty is a Democrat that you may want to Google his name. He is somebody that was on Tucker Carlson last night, you know, uh, talking about, the things that he saw with his eyeballs in these rooms, uh, in Philadelphia where they're counting ballots and, um, not being allowed to be anywhere near the ballots and wondering what the heck is going on and boarded up windows and on and on and on and, on and trash bags in the corner with stuff in them. And when he came back and started videoing these things, people wanted to have a little chat with him. Um, And did not want him to be uh, videoing what he was seeing, which is far and away different than what we saw in 2000, where, um, you know, some poor schlub was, uh, you know, measuring a hanging chad with a Democrat over his left shoulder and a Republican over his right shoulder, which is really how it should be. But in this COVID world, six feet is about as close as you can get. And um, that's not even being um, honored, even though a judge has said Republican poll watchers can be six feet from these people doing this, and that's not being allowed. Um, so his comments were very interesting um, in PA and in many, many states. Signatures are simply not matching um, signatures that were on record Um heretofore, the the and, and and that's a problem, Michigan. Uh, I told you about the dead people voting, uh, and that happens in Philadelphia every year. Um, precincts reporting one hundred percent votes for Joe Biden, zero for Trump, and or in addition to that, more people voting that are registered to vote in that district. I mean, these things, ladies and gentlemen, stink to the high heaven, and I think one of the reasons they don't get a lot of traction with a lot of people is they're so outrageously wrong that reasonable people that aren't really very interested in politics, they look at people asserting these things and say, that can't possibly be. This is not um, Grenada. This is not a third world country. This is the United States of America. What, What do you mean? dead people voting or, or 500 votes on a machine that's delivered at seven in the morning and nobody's touched it. And they're all for one party. Uh, what do you mean? A hundred percent of votes for one person and zero another. Um, it, it seems outrageously crazy. And I think that's probably one of the reasons it doesn't get a lot of traction. um, let me jump real quickly in the remaining minutes I have left to Galatians 6, 7, 8, and even 9, which I have quoted on this show many times. And when people are getting away with things, um, we tend to cry out to God and say, God, what's up? You're above. You see that this <clears throat> fraud is being perpetrated. You see wrong. Why don't you move? Why don't you do anything? And I used to take, and I still do, quite a bit of, um, quite a bit of, uh, encouragement from the first verse there. Uh, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. um, We go on to Galatians 8, whoever sows to please their flesh from flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. And then a little softer verse in verse 9, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Um. I think what happens here, ladies and gentlemen, is we forget that. It, we we kind of put these things in a little package and we want God's stamp of approval on them um, if indeed people that are corrupt and are engaging in nefarious things in these cities uh, in order to rig an election if you will they're clearly doing something wrong they have been for years and they will continue to do that and God not being mocked is all well and good, but we as peons down on this side of the clouds always want God's retribution to be swift. And before the Joe Biden gets elected, we we want God to come down. We want Jesus Christ to come down on a white horse and save the day. And that might be nice and that might happen. But if it doesn't happen, as discouraging as that is, that does not mean that you can still mock God. Now, if you don't know Christ and somebody said, you better be careful. Uh, you go into the well one too many times with this craziness, they would look at you like you're nuts. We cheated years ago. We cheat now. We're going to continue to cheat. That's what we do. That's what a very foolish person that does not know God and does not believe, Galatians 6 and 7 or 8, um, is even relevant. But in the remaining time I have here, I, I will just caution you and encourage you and educate you. If this mocking of God is not, if God does not tie this in a nice neat bow in this election, and throw a lightning bolt through all the people that are doing bad things and, and you think wrong is winning over right. Rest assured, God knows the beginning from the end. You cannot escape God's wrath if you're doing these things. And although this vengeance that we so pray, many of us, that happens to people that are getting away with fraud, um, we pray it happens before the guy that we don't like, perhaps is elected. That's, just not the way it is. It could very well be that way. Um, but it may not be that way. And if it is not that way, do not lose heart. Good always triumphs over evil and you should keep the faith. This is Kurt Flewelling reshaping America. Have a great day.